0: Welcome to the BBC, a wax cast based on collaboration, not competition. Between both cheeks is a world filled with beauty, bums, and billions of bucks. The hosts of the BBC are Luba, the badass boss bitch, creator and owner of international brands and beauty salons. Becca, once newbie and now experienced enforcer, she's hatched out of her egg and manages business with authority and a smile. And Ashley, a straight, shootin' spicy Italian. Hot off the global circuit, she's got expertise to share. Welcome to the BBC! Bring me your balls. No!
1: Kelly Clarkson! Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Well, I can tell you firsthand that starting a podcast was one of the best things that we have ever done. But it can be really overwhelming to start out. Where do you begin? How do you do it? All the things. So many questions, right? How do you record audio and have it just go out into the world, into people's headphones and into their cars while they're doing dishes and cleaning and out on walks? Like I I can't say I understand the technology, but I can say that I know the easiest and the best way to do it. And that's with Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout is a podcast publishing platform, and it's so easy to use, and it can push your podcast out onto all major platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, Buzzsprout can get you there. It's what we use every week. It's so freaking easy. I can't stress that enough. Like, We're still learning, and Our audio isn't the best all the time because we use Zoom for a lot of our episodes still. But even if you guys start out with just Zoom or just sitting in your closet using the voice memo app on your phone, Buzzsprout makes it that much easier to get that content and that audio out into the world and you can start building a brand, improving your business, or just shooting the shits with your friends. (laughs) Shooting the shit with your friends. I don't know if I can say that on an ad. Anyways, if you're interested in starting your own podcast, I super, 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 super encourage you to do so. And go to our show notes, which is the show description, click on the link, and you get to start your own podcast with Buzzsprout, and you get an extra $20 Amazon gift card. It tells Buzzsprout that we've sent you, and it really helps us out. Buzzsprout, the easiest way to podcast.
0: Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, and welcome to another episode of the BBC. I am so excited that we have an incredible guest and our spokesperson model for strength and courage. Welcome to my our beautiful supermodel Ooh. that was absolutely generous to share your body to the world and, and your experience. Um, We're so happy to, to have you. Um, I've got Becca here with me today, and um, we just want to hear from you, Tomai, on your story, your battle with cancer, and we want to get into how we got to meet and how we got this amazing campaign and this amazing relationship out of this.
2: So welcome from New Zealand. Welcome and greetings from the beautiful Auckland, New Zealand. Um, the land of the long white cloud, also known as Aotearoa here in New Zealand. Beautiful. Um, what can I say about my, my cancer journey? It actually started back in September of 2011. And I actually discovered a lot coming home from fishing. And my body almost told me that I was in trouble in some way. So unfortunately, I was diagnosed with HER2-positive breast cancer in both breasts. So I had both breasts removed and followed by, oh, that's a double mastectomy. Mm -hmm. Uh, I had a year of chemotherapy treatment, followed by 28 radiation treatments, a year of Herceptin. And I'm currently still on the tamoxifen treatment, hormonal treatment for 10 years span, but I've only got four years left. I've been on it for six six years. It hasn't been the easiest journey. Um, You don't realize how strong you are when being strong is the only choice you have. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I symbolize myself as the ugly duckling. And I thought to myself, when my hair was falling out and I used to look at my scars in the mirror and I used to say to myself, when my hair grows back, that's going to symbolise me being that swan upon that lake again. As my hair grew back, I knew I was building myself to be that swan, to be upon that lake again. I was a young mum at the time and I think the hardest part Was being strong for my children. Yeah. And not allowing them to see me being sick. Right. And having my son, who was nine at the time, ask me if I was going to die. Mm-hmm. So I said to him, God rang me last night and he's going to let me live to 88 years old. So we've got 55 years to <laughs> live, buddy. He said, mom, are you sure? Are you really sure? I said, now you said that he's going to add two more years on it, And I'm going to live to 90. So let's kick its butt and we will win. We will win. So it was hard. It was really, really hard. It was important to look well for them, even though I wasn't well. Mm-hmm. I didn't want them to be in fear of, oh, mum's looking sick, mum's feeling sick. So it was important I had, you know, I I looked, even though I tried to make myself look vibrant, inside I was burning. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but in the saying that, um, it's made me the person I am today. But the good thing is is that after I had just finished my radiation treatment and I just started the Tamoxifen, and I was at a wedding in Rotorua, which is more south of New Zealand, and I started to feel sick thinking that the cancer had returned again. So when I had arrived back to Auckland and made an appointment with my doctor, and I asked him, my body. I said to him, "My body's changed." I said, "I think the cancer's returned." And he said, "Why? Why do you? Why do you feel it's come back?" And I said, "There's something wrong with my body." So he asked me to lie down, and he started to prod at my my, my belly, and I saw him freeze. And I said, "Am I dying?" And he said to me, "No, you're very pregnant." And mm. I was like, "Oh, wow." How did this happen? He said, I'm sure you knew how it happened. (laughs) Right? Yeah. (laughs) And he sent me for an emergency scan due to the tamoxifen causing facial and genital defects, being hormonal treatment. So I went for the emergency scan and the um, assistant that was doing my scan at the time, she Put the jelly on my belly. She started scanning. She puts it down. And I said, oh, no, what's going on now? She comes back. And she was a bit teary-eyed. And she said, are you ready? And I said, I don't really have a choice. She said, you don't have one baby. You have two babies. And they're both boys. And they are miracle babies. So I sort of you know, I, 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 I was... I didn't know what to say because I had lost my womanhood. I'd lost both my boobies and I gained two babies. But I remember on my, on my way home from my third chemo treatment, I pulled the car over and I could feel my body shutting down from all the treatment. And I was ready to give up. I was so ready to give up. And I remember sitting there on the, on the freeway and I started praying. And I said to God, if you are real, I really need you right now. So, could you please just give me two wings of strength in some way, somehow, to give me the strength and the hope to get through this? So, when the twins were born, it symbolized the two wings of strength that I asked for. Mm-hmm. And it gave me hope. It gave me hope. And I think that's the reason why I'm still here. And now I know I believe in that. I believe in him so much. And when he gave those to me, I feel very blessed. Being able to have that second chance and having those two little boys as well to get me through this. I love that story. And oh, uh, I I I when they were born I felt like I had won lottery. <laughs> I had won the lottery. I mean, hey, I won the lottery when I beat, beat breast cancer, right? But it's like I won it all over again. But a a bigger prize.
0: And I I think one of, you know, one of the things that maybe people don't know is that when you go through chemo, um, anything, chemo destroys any sort of reproducing cells. So that goes for your eggs. So in most cases, you can't have children after you go through certain types of chemo or maybe all chemo. I'm not I'm not too sure. I know that that was a conversation that my doctor had with me is, do you have children? And I said, no. And she said right away, do you plan on having a family? Because they would need to grab as many eggs as they could and freeze them because it's kind yeah. of, it's kind of game over. So yeah, to hear your story is just, it really truly is, you know, you have miracle babies. You really do. You really do. And yeah.
2: you got two of them, not just one. <laughs> I know, right? Don't, don't you think I'm greedy? <laughs> <laughs> Far
0: from it. Far from it.
2: You know, but um, yeah. My oncologist at the time she asked if I had had children, and I said, "Yeah, I've got three. I've got a, I've got two sons and a daughter, and I wasn't planning on having any more." And she said, "That's great." She said, "You know, at least you've had children now because your body has been through so much." And you just don't really have that chance to carry on having any more children. But I was, I was satisfied because I had my daughter, and um, I wasn't planning on having any more. But obviously, when you ask that man above for <laughs> extra strength, this is how he pays you. <laughs> right,
0: right. Oh my God. Um, to my, how old were you when you were diagnosed?
1: It's about more than just wealth. It's about crafting life experiences, seizing opportunities, and building a legacy. Subscribe now to the Make More with Matt Heslin podcast and join us every week for new expert insights and inspiration.
2: I was 33 years old when I was diagnosed. So young. Oh. Another thing I wanted to share with you, um, you know, and the the amount of prayers and that I received from, because I shared, ended up sharing my story on Facebook. Um, I I was bald as a badger. I you know showed my scars. This was only like two weeks after surgery. Everything, and the amount of prayers that I received from family, friends, from even people over 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 in in America, Australia, and. Um, We've got a river and it's called the Waikato River. And we bless ourselves with this water. I call it the magic water. And we've been brought up, very spiritual river. And we use it even when we're not well, we bless ourselves with it. When we're not well, or we're feeling under the weather, or we've got, you know, family that are not well. Um, or you got problems in your life, we, we, we engage with our water that's in our river as well. And that's what's kept me going because I, I believe that the strength that I gained from that river as well, our, our we call it our awa, which means river, and that's what I, I received from the river as well is the strength that I received from the water that... That I've been brought upon, like, like how I've been brought up with it as well.
0: Love that. I love <sighs> that. You know, I, I did want to when I did ask you about your age. It was I already knew because you and I had spoken before. But you know, I think it it really goes to show that cancer can affect anyone at any age. And you know, when I was diagnosed, it was the same thing. Just before I was diagnosed, it was, "Well, you're too young," and I I was forty. And I I wanted to make that a point that, you know, we need to like all women need to be checking every month and checking themselves. And if something doesn't feel right or feel off, you you need to go to your doctors and you really need to push because this, this idea of you're too young for breast cancer that needs to go away because too many lives are being lost in in that or people second guessing themselves or, you know, even the medical system. I believe in Canada, I don't know how it is in, um, in New Zealand, but I think in Canada, like my first mammogram was going to be when I turned 40. So this would have been my first mammogram that I ever had. And everything was canceled due to COVID. So Thankfully I woke up with pain and felt around and was like, Oh my God, what's going on. But you know, COVID's not canceled. If I, I didn't have that kind of my body being like, Hey, something's not right. Who knows what would have happened because you know, they don't start mammograms
2: till you're 40 in
0: Canada. That's not, that's not right.
2: In in New Zealand it's 46. Wow. And I've, I'm trying to make. I'm trying to trying to build a a huge coalition so that I can take it to Parliament, take it to our Prime Minister, and say, "Look, this is crazy. Women are getting diagnosed at 25." Yeah. yeah. And you know, and what people don't realize, the younger you are, the more aggressive it is. Yes. Oh. Yes. So, th- and what it is is that. The younger women that are getting diagnosed, and most of the time in the cases when we're young, we're producing too much estrogen in the body. And it's estrogen prone breast cancer. And it is very aggressive, mm-hmm. very, very aggressive. And that's why more younger women die from it. Yes. It's not not like when you're like, when you're like something like 54, 55, you've got a better chance.
0: Yes. Yeah. Of surviving. And so, again, so many people don't know that I know, you know, I went down the rabbit hole, which I'm sure you did when you get diagnosed, which is the the wrong thing to do because WebMD and everything. And what I kept, what I kept reading is the younger you are the less of a survival rate you have. Yeah. And I remember like sobbing, like I, I was going to die. Um, and then the doctor that was supposed to deliver my news and, tell me, you know, what type of cancer it was and the next steps and everything, Dr. Kusk, um, who came out of retirement through COVID, said to me at the end of my meeting, um, do you have any other questions? And I was just sobbing through the whole thing. And I said to her, I went online and I've read that there's a less of a survival rate for for young women like me. Is is that true? And I was waiting for her to say, yeah, you're not going to make it. And no. she opens up her file and she looks at my file and she looks at me and she goes, how old are you again? And I said, "I like, I just turned 40 this year. And she goes, oh, honey, you're not that young. <laughs> and that <I> was like <laughs> the best thing I could ever hear. Like, I never wanted to hear that I was
2: older and, yeah. and okay. But I, I actually remember you telling me that when we first <laughs> shared a bit about our, each other's stories and stuff. But, yeah, and, and it's nice to have it say to her in that sense, this sense, you know, you're, you're not too young, you know. Right. So right. It, in, the, in, the, in the breast cancer, you know, in the cancer term anyway, which is a good thing in, in that term. Yeah. But when I think when you're 33, yeah. when I was 33 at the time, you know, and my oncologist, she was so beautiful. She was so beautiful. She's a beautiful, beautiful lady. And I remember saying to her, because, you know, it was a new thing for me. So I didn't know what, what the chemo was going to do to me on my body. It was new to me. So I, I said to her, what if I don't choose to have chemo? She said, I'll give you four months. And I was like, to live? Oh, my God. She said, that's how aggressive it is. And I thought, oh, my gosh. And I said to her, my goodness, we've got to get cracking. <laughs> Just do what you have to do. I have to be well. I don't I don't want to be stiff, cold and hard right now. I'm, it's, I'm too young for that.
0: Yes. Yeah. Um, but, you know, my,
2: been 33 and been...
0: It's so young. Um, you talked about earlier on that your body told you that something was wrong. How? How did you know?
2: How did you know? What was it? when, when I, when I felt the lump on my body, oh, like when I was washing under my armpit, it was this side and my, my palm had my, had my, like the side of my breast and I felt it and because it was bigger than a golf ball. Wow. And I was never, I was never, I was never, see my prosthesis, that's, that's, that's quite, that's quite, that's, I was only half that size. I was very, very small. So when I put my arm up and I saw it like sticking out on the side and I said like, oh my gosh this is not and I had this I had this sharp feeling go right through my body and that that's what the yeah it was quite quite odd but it was like a sharp like a sharp poke go through my body and that's when I felt oh my goodness there is something wrong with my body I'm pretty sure there's something wrong with my body. So it was like a, it was like a sharp poke through my whole body. Yeah, that's that's when I felt, no, no, there's something definitely wrong with my body. It's this is not right. So it's so and important. you know the funny, the funny thing is, is that I only had my I only had my knickers on. I grabbed my my um my nightgown. Threw it on. I jumped in the car like that and raced down to the doctors like that because I was so, I was shocked because yeah. I thought, oh, my gosh, this is crazy. I walked straight past the reception, went straight into my doctor, just knocked on the door, barged in. And he was with another patient. And he was like, what are you doing? You need to go back and wait. Just sit and wait. And, you know, I was, I was horrified. Yeah. Like I had seen a ghost. But... His look on his face anyway, told me that I was in trouble because when he got me to raise my arms above my head and he saw it sticking out on the side and I saw the look on his face and he looked to the ground and he says to my, I'm not saying it is breast cancer, but it looks like it's breast cancer. And I knew it. Yeah. And I knew it. And I took his word for it even though we had no test done or anything, I took his word for it. And my body was telling me I did have it anyway. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, you know, I, I, I know I keep going back to this. Um, You're fine paying for, you know, mammograms and stuff. And early detection is so important. Um I I talked to a couple of girlfriends in in the States when I got diagnosed and I just said to them, I was like, I know you're younger than me, but like, you got to go, you got to go for a mammogram. You have to go for a screening. And one of the concerns was, well, it's, and at that, you know, at that time, at that, whatever was happening, it was $150, I think 125 us. And I remember some of them were concerned with the fee. And I remember just, thinking like, um, I've seen you spend more on shoes than that. Like the importance of spending the money for your health on something that can save your life is so worth the investment.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Wow. This is heavy. This is a heavy podcast. Um, so 33, when you are diagnosed, you're still on medication right now. When yep. did they declare you? When did you get your clean bill of health? Is it a five-year kind of process? Yes, five years.
2: Yeah. Wow. Yep. wow.
0: And then the tax, is it taxam, taxamofen? Is that how you say it?
2: Tamoxifen.
0: Tamoxifen. Um, that is that a chemo yep. drug? Yep.
2: No, because maybe no, because it's hormonal treatment. And because you see, in my case, that's I was right. producing too much estrogen, that's so right. I'm having the tamoxifen to keep it balanced. So I'm not producing too much. Okay. So that's where that's you know that's the the high protein where it can sort of just linger around again and start boosting itself up again. And that's the last thing I need is a reoccurrence of that ever again.
0: Right. Right um i know that you said you did chemo for one year it's a crazy amount of chemo um through all your chemo for that year where did you lose your hair your lashes your eyebrows
2: i lost every Every bit of hair on my body but in saying that i had a great brazilian i know (laughs) that's the only part (laughs) anyone's happy about. that's it, that's
0: exactly my that hair but keep it on your head <laughs> that's exactly what I said I was like well okay so silver lining with cancer I'm not gonna have any hair anywhere so no more Brazilian waxing and I'm finally gonna get to my goal weight which for me I don't know about you but I actually gained a ton of weight through my chemo because it
2: was so full of steroids I was it was a was I was I I I actually I think I gained something like about fourteen kilos. Wow, wow! Because just like you, my legs were like big tree trunks, yeah. and I was looking, you know, and I I was like, and I I felt heavy. Yeah, I had all this extra weight, and I was feeling so tired because I was never a big person in my life. But like you said, you know, you you're filled up with so much steroids and so much other medication, I thought, you know, I felt like I was wearing a space suit and I was completely. getting ready to walk on the moon. It felt so heavy.
0: Yeah, completely. Yep. completely. I had the
2: same, same issue.
0: And that's, it's such a myth that people just assume that you lose weight in, in treatment when in mm-hmm. fact it, it really is the opposite for several people. Yeah. Many, many people. Yeah. Um, to my when you found out did you share your story right away did you kind of hide it like where like where was your head at with who
2: you were going to tell and and walk us through that is that when I was first diagnosed and got told that I had breast cancer Mm -hmm. I was on my own because I'm so I'm I'm one of these ones that no matter if it's good or bad I have to deal with it anyway. And I knew what the doctors were going to tell me. And I didn't want anybody to be with me to be told devastating news. I wanted to face it on my own. Wow. So when I, when I got to the clinic and it was, it was unfortunate because my mum, my mom and my dad were living in Perth, in Western Australia So it was it was quite hard, you know, and having no sisters and I only had one brother back here in Auckland, New Zealand. So it was it was very hard for me to sort of reach out to very close, tight knit family, you know, to to my siblings or to my mom or my dad. So when I got to the clinic and they got me to wait in the room and then when I saw the two doctors and three nurses walk in, that gave me that gave me my answer. Because I don't think it takes two doctors and three nurses to tell me I have breast cancer. When they when they all stood there and they sat with me, and I said to them, "I've got breast cancer, haven't I?" And he said, "You do." He said, "You've got it in both breasts, and you're her two positive." So I had no understanding about what her two positive wires, what type of wires. And he started to push the tissues, box the tissues over to, you know. And I was that shocked. I I couldn't even cry. And I said to him, what do you want me to do? I can't cry. I said, I want to cry when I win the lottery. I don't want to cry for being sick. Yeah. I want happy tears. I don't want sad tears. He says, I'm sorry to tell you this to my butt. We have to get the ball rolling because you have cancer in both breasts. And we still don't know whether it has spread anywhere else as well. So we've really got to get the ball rolling. And I just looked at him and I thought, so you're taking them both off? And he says, we have to. We have to, unfortunately. And I thought straight away, oh, my goodness, there goes my womanhood. Mm-hmm. He said, we can always have reconstruction. We can all, you know, He, my surgeon, Garth, he was so, so wonderful. Because after I had the, the the bilateral mastectomy, he rung me like two and a half weeks later after surgery, and he says, you know what? He says, can I put implants in for you at my cost? I said, I can't. He says, why not? You're so young. You're only 33 and now will be the perfect time because the skin's just been cut. We can put the balloons and do the expanders and then we we can make you some really nice looking boobies. And I said, I don't want anything put on my body that doesn't belong to me. Mm -hmm. He says, wow. And that's why I said to... Even the reconstruction, I said, I didn't want that. I've been confronted by tattoos from a, a full body art tattooers from Australia, from New Zealand that wanted to do full body art. And I've had to also decline them because how am I supposed to show women what breast cancer really looks like in a powerful form on my body? Yes. So, I'm out there half naked showing the world. This is me. I am proud of me. Yeah. And that's the why.
0: Yeah. That is a really great kind of lead into how we met. Um, and, and all of that, so I, I do want to talk about that. So first, we I have to give a huge shout out to moreg from Oncology Aesthetics because she Absolutely. is incredible, and you know, talked straight to me and was like, "What are you doing?" So the story is when I was diagnosed and I, I developed this cream because no, nothing was working and there was nothing on the market. I wanted to find the model to represent the brand, the products in a really powerful way, exactly what you had said. Like I, I wanted, I didn't want anyone to be ashamed of their body and you know, I went through the similar thoughts that you did. Thankfully, I got to keep my girls. I was very, very blessed in that sense. But I remember thinking the same as you like, if they are taken, I'm, I don't want to have implants. And yeah. what, just a little tip here for anyone listening, If you know anyone going through breast cancer, please do not say, Oh, well, you'll get a new set for free. Yeah, it's one of the worst things that you can say to someone going through it because you don't know where they're at and you're in such a vulnerable place that Mm -hmm. you don't want to hear about getting something that's not on your terms. So just a little tip there, but so we met through Moreg, and I said to her, I've been looking through stock photos and I can't find a model and I need a beautiful model. That's had like a double mastectomy. And I, someone that, you know, is very comfortable and I can't find anything. And I said, and it has to speak to, to everyone about like empowerment and beauty and this. And she goes, why are you looking at stock photos? And I was like, uh, that's what I've always done. Like yep. we've always used stock photos. And she goes, Luba, instead of doing stock photos and paying for fee for, for that, she goes, do you know how much someone would appreciate to be paid while they're going through treatment or have went through treatment that has been you know, financially strapped that could really use that money and share their story? And all of a sudden I was like, Oh my God, this is the, this is, yes, this is exactly what needs to, this is what I want. I want to find people and I want them to share their story. And I want all of this. This is perfect. And then I was like, oh my God, where am I going to find someone that's willing to be that vulnerable? And she goes, oh, I have someone for you. (laughs) And I was like, what? And she showed me your Facebook profile and then put us in contact. And it was literally maybe a couple of months that everything just came together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as, as we said at the beginning of the podcast, Tom is from New Zealand. Becca and I are in Vancouver, Canada. And I can be a little bit of a control freak. So let me tell you about like releasing full control in having the <laughs> photo shoot done in New Zealand and not being there. Um, And I also want to give a shout to um, Anupam, who was the photographer, who was incredible. And with Becca's help in teaching me how social media works, Mm -hmm. I literally just did like hashtag editorial photographer New Zealand. And I went through a whole bunch of photographers and his work really stood out to me. And I reached out to him and I said, this is what I'm looking to do. This is my budget. I have a model. Are you interested? And he wrote back and he said, yes, I would love to do that. And then him and I met on Zoom to kind of have a conversation about what this was going to look like and what I was looking for. And he said, how did you find me? And I told him what I did. And he was like, oh, really? And he seemed a little shocked about it. And I was like, yeah, why? And he goes, so you didn't find me through like the breast cancer charity I do work with? (laughs) Isn't it amazing? I was like no i didn't even know that you were a part of a breast cancer charity in new zealand and he goes i was actually on set uh photographing the event when i got your dm wow yeah so i just everything just felt like it all came together so easily so to my he came to your house and shot you i know you guys sent me like a couple little videos so we have not spoken about that photo shoot
2: and how all of that went. So t- please tell us. Well, the, the morning um, when he had messaged me and he he was like, it's 11 o'clock in the morning, you know, not too early, not too late. And I said, no, it is fine. And so when he arrived and he gave me this most biggest hug, like he's known me all my life. Aww. And I was like, "Wow!" I said. He said, "I've actually seen you, and some of the breast cancer um, um, work that I do annually." He said, "I have heard of you," Aww. and he said, "You're an amazing lady." He said, "I," he said, I, "I love what you do. You know, you you get yourself in, and you." Every every year, you know, May and October is is important. you you got the pink ribbon breakfast in May, then you've got the street appeal in October. So May and October, I'm pretty much I'm I'm building myself up to be a guest speaker, um, an October street appeal. And I'm I'm my um I'm the the leader here in my town, and then I put everybody out in there with their pink buckets and all their pink clothing on. And we, we raise money for, you know, breast cancer research every year. So it's, and it's something that's so dear to my heart. So I, I, yeah, but getting back to Anupam, he, he, he got into, he got into my garage and he, he set everything up. He put, you know, and he, he just, he just knew what he wanted to do. He just so knew what he wanted to do. So all I had on was, um, When he got there, I gave him a big hug because I had no top on. The sun was out. (laughs) (laughs) And he said, This is so cool. He said, You can, you know, you're not afraid. You you don't care how your body looks. I said, I never do. I said, when I'm at home, it's my space. Mm. So I gave him a big hug, half naked. And I just had a just a white, just a white um skirt flowing down. That's all I had on for the whole day. And he he knew what he wanted from me. He just, he just flowed so nicely, and he just, he knew what he wanted from me. He knew how how to position me. He knew how to do everything with me, and he was just, he was just amazing. He was such an amazing photographer. And now, now that you say, um, I, I've, I'm, I'm doing some um, breast cancer charity work with him at the end of March into next month oh, so I'm I I'm gonna be uh part of the um the models for the runway for the fashion week for, for the wrist cancer so I'm gonna be on the catwalk <laughs> I love that
0: I love because he, <laughs> he did talk about that like if you wanted to get involved in yeah. the charity for everyone listening I just want to make sure that we give them a shout out to uh, I had it up here where did it go no, it's breast cancer cure and it's in up in yeah. New Zealand. So please follow them on social media, breast cancer cure. Um, yeah. And Annie does an, an amazing job with all their photography. And I'm so happy that you guys connected in that way and that you can share your story and be on the runway and, and yeah. do some stuff with them. Cause I think that's incredible. Like it, it's just so serendipitous, the whole thing, how everything came together. And it just flowed together. There was no pushing or struggling. It just really came
2: together so beautifully. He took, he took, he took a couple of extra images. And one of the images, I don't know if you if he sent them all to you, but it was one with the with the twins when I'm crouching down and they've got their hands on me and I'm I'm looking up and they're both looking down at me. It's just wow. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. Oh, sure. It's just, yeah, yes. Just, just, he just, he, he made it empowering just the I way he that. was working with me and that just, he, he gave me the fuzzies because he just, he was such, such a warm person and I can tell he's got such a beautiful heart because he works with Breast Cancer Cure New Zealand, but he's he's done it for over six years now and he's, you know, he's got no children and he's, he's, he's an amazing guy. He's such an amazing guy with such a huge heart. So we keep in contact quite quite frequently and see that. what we're up to and how things are. And, you know, and we are planning to meet up with for coffee in a couple of weeks time and, Get my suggestions for the the fashion week for the for the pink parade. And so yes, yeah, so I'm gonna wiggle myself. Even if it's to dress the models, he says, no, you're gonna get on there. <laughs> of course. Well, you've
0: seen your campaign. It's stunning. It is everyone is just blown away with it. Um, you you are so beautiful inside and out Toma you really really are and thank 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 you you for sharing your story and your book and allowing us to share your body with the world and and bring Mm -hmm. some awareness to this awful thing called cancer Um, you're a true inspiration and such a warrior and such a fighter and, and the strength that you have is incredible
2: before you go I've got one more favor to ask yes can can we can we just quickly show my husband <laughs> yes of course
0: of course so just as we um end here on the podcast I just want to uh, make sure that all of our listeners have your social media it is tomai underscore he- hera is that right yes. yep and it's t-o-m-a-i underscore yep. h-i-r-a Thank you so much for listening. Becca, where can they find us?
1: On Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you search Between Both Cheeks, you will find us. And if you are listening on an Apple device, please rate and give us a review. And if you can, you can donate to your local breast cancer charity
0: or give blood. Yes, please, please give blood. Everyone needs that. So thank you again, listeners, and tune in next week.